Welcome back to another edition of the Boilers Extra Podcast. Uh, you're on JC Online through SoundCloud. Uh, wrapping up uh, Purdue's 70-61 to 61 loss to Butler in a game that probably wasn't as close as the score indicates for a lot of the game uh, for a variety of reasons, and we'll, we'll delve into that. But we do have a special guest joining us uh, from the Indianapolis Star. No, not Greg Doyle. Uh, it's David Woods. He's He's been kind enough. He's a Butler beat writer, so he's going to give us the Butler perspective of what Butler did to win this game tonight. And we'll talk about Purdue's shooting woes and everything like that because I'm I'm sure anybody that's listened to this has already looked at the stat sheet and probably cringed uh, from Purdue's standpoint. But it's not anything out of the ordinary because it's happened most of the year anyway. David, thanks. We're sitting in Conseco Fieldhouse, an empty Conseco Fieldhouse, uh, a few hours after the game. But first of all, thanks for joining us and uh, appreciate your time. Love your work uh, with the Indy Star, but uh, just kind of sum up a little bit. What did Butler do tonight so well to kind of take Purdue out of what it wanted to do? And is this something that you've kind of seen from Butler this year? Always glad to talk to you, Mike. Uh, <laughs> you're one of my favorite humans in Gannett land. Um, I, th- I got to thinking today, Butler's played 12 games, 24 halves. They've played pretty good defense in all 24 halves. And and that's a little unusual. I mean, they played tight defense when the games have been close, and they've continued to play good defense if they built big leads. And it's a good thing they continued to play pretty good defense against Purdue because I know Purdue is not that offensively potent. But they really made a heck of a run, dropped in some threes. And I guess if you're a Purdue fan, you take any encouragement. It was that uh, Purdue did that against a really stout defensive team and really if, if Butler had, had had kept gagging free throws as it had all game long uh, Butler easily Purdue easily could have overtaken them but as it turns out Butler made its last 11 free throws in a row and and, and secured the win and and Butler's 11 and one and if they had lost by one point at Baylor I mean good grief they'd, they'd probably be top five in the polls yeah but the poll that matters is the net and this probably will help them from a from a net standpoint. The the ranking yeah, that Purdue they, is good. Yeah, I mean, yeah you, be, you, you beat Purdue and, and, and Purdue is good. I mean Purdue, I think in the Ken Palm rankings, you know, plummeted all of two spots <laughs> to to twelfth in the nation. People might think, well, that well, Purdue's schedule is probably harder than it needed to be. I, I would I would differ with you to say that Purdue is good. They have a good schedule. They've played a good schedule. Uh, they are good defensively, but they are. They have some issues offensively, where it's just they're just not consistent enough, and they don't they don't have the bailout score. They don't have the guy you go to right now. Uh, we're 12 games in the season. I'm not sure they're ever going to get one, to be honest. I mean, well, they're I, just they're just going to have to go with whatever is happening in that game at that moment to try to find a bas- a crucial basket at a at a crucial time. Yeah, and I, and and the metrics don't punish you for close losses against good teams like polls do and i saw the end of the marquette and florida state games and lost a while the purdue nebraska game and and purdue should have beaten florida state and uh and i didn't see the texas game and i guess they should have won i mean so you said well shoulda coulda but i mean purdue is is such a razor thin margin from 10 and 2 but you know having said that i i don't know you know, they don't. They don't have a first or second team, or maybe a third team, all Big Ten player, uh, unless it's Harms, and 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 I do think that that makes it tougher. Having a nice balanced team, really, kind of as Butler does, is nice. But you, you, you do need you do need to have a you know a one or two closers, and and I, I don't know that 
that Purdue has that right now. No, and uh, you do have to bring up that, that uh, not having Matt Harms uh, in this game oh, play, play, played a role. Uh, played a role. So I, it probably played a more of a role uh, on the defensive end for Purdue than on the offensive end because when he has played, they still they've had they've had trouble shooting the ball. And he and he, you know, a week ago at Nebraska, he his first points dunked on the first possession. And then he goes 0 for 7. And he missed a lot of shots around the rim. These were not three-pointers. These were all tip-ins or layups. And that, to me, that, that is Purdue's biggest issue right now. For whatever reason, they can't finish around the rim. Now, some of that is, is defense. But, you know, I don't think Butler has a tremendous shot-blocking presence. You don't have a shot-blocking pl- presence. But today, um, Enzi and uh, Golden especially, and even a little bit Jordan Tucker, I thought walled up really well. Uh, and Smiths. Near the, yeah, Smiths, at one point when Smiths wasn't playing, he was hurt. I thought, man, if, if he ever does play, he's ever going to help Butler. And I, his, his stat line probably doesn't look that impressive, but I kind of think Smiths is, is going gonna, is gonna to end up helping Butler, which is why I wrote, I mean, even at, at 11-1, and one, you know, it's not like, you know, Butler can't get any better because, you know, I, I kind of think they can. And, it, which is, and they are kind of a veteran group, but I still – some guys in new spots and and uh, I mean th- this is a big win for them I mean I, I never envisioned the start of the season when I saw Butler had seven non-league games against power conference teams so that oh my gosh compared to how they performed last year and and so forth that that that's you know that's too difficult of a schedule for what they have but of course then if you win six of the seven and lose at Baylor by one point, you, you get rewarded for that kind of schedule. And tonight, they had to play extended minutes without uh, Kamir uh, Baldwin in foul trouble. I don't know if he's had a history this year of getting into foul trouble. Not too much. He, you know, he didn't have, and probably fair to him, he only scored five points, but yeah, he was in and out of foul trouble, and this is kind of like two low-scoring games in a row for him. But then on the other side, you could look, well, you know, potentially a you know all Big East, maybe even All America caliber guard like Kamar Baldwin scores five points, and and Butler builds a 17 point lead uh, with a roster that you know I'm sure no one is exactly drooling over, but they ha- but their first seven players are all really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, but yeah, I thought it was it was odd that he, you know he picked up the two fouls, he goes to the bench. But then, as as the Butler chipped away at that early lead, um, they they brought him back in. They brought him back into the game once they got that lead late in the first half. And I thought that was a little this a little strange because why not keep him out the rest of the first half and not risk picking up that that third foul? But you know, however, Coach Jordan wanted to handle that. He handled it, and it, and, and it, wor- it tr- worked out. Trusting the senior not not, yeah. not to do something foolish. I, I think that's part of it. Yeah. But it didn't it didn't affect them, and then they came out to start the second half, got eight straight points, and basically took control of the game. And yeah, at, at that point, Mike, I, I really didn't think Purdue had enough firepower to uh, overtake Butler. But I was, you know, almost proved wrong. Uh, Purdue got all the way within four points with a minute to go. And I say if uh, if the free throw gagging had uh, had persisted, uh, Purdue could have overtaken Butler. Yeah, I. I I tend to think I look at a lot of those situations, um, not a hundred percent fool's gold, but a little bit of fool's gold. Um, I think that's fair. I mean, Purdue had nothing. I mean, they were ditching a few threes. Right. Well, of course, you have to let it fly, and then sometimes 
you know, sometimes you get hot, and then sometimes you don't make any, and then you end up losing by 23. Right. But, I mean, Matt Painter doesn't care. No. If they have a chance to hit, they have to do what they... No, you keep... Do, do I, a chance to win the game. I, I'm, with, I'm with the whole idea. You keep playing, you keep playing, you keep playing. But to, to you know, if, if fans believe, like, what happened those last few minutes is going to carry over into their next game, first of all, they don't have another game until a week against Central Michigan. Second of all, they're not going to practice till next Thursday. Right. So their their issue is, to me, a lot of their issue uh, is just basic shooting, basic uh, running their offense to the to the right spots. And tonight it looked like a lot of their shots were more of the hope variety instead of shooting with confidence. And I, I think that's a sign of a young team. It's a sign of an inexperienced team. And... You know, this team is still kind of figuring out who it's going to be from a role standpoint. Um, and again, not having harms is, you know, is something that you would prefer not to have in a game like this. But as I said earlier, they've played like this with him on the floor. So it's that's the consistent thing that that's there. It's just the, the shooting. And, and Matt Painter brought it up in the press conference afterwards, just about it's not a mature basketball team right now they're mature people but they're not a mature basketball yeah, team sure, right now i'm sure it's frustrating for him and and you know pretty well way more than me but looking at this i mean eric hunter jr has been a good shooter proctor has been a good shooter stefanovich has been a good shooter didn't isaiah thompson come in with a relatively good reputation as a shooter and and guys weren't making shots no, they wouldn't, and they, they had open looks as they as they normally do. But you credit you try to credit Butler's defense too, and just really for, for an awareness. Uncomfortable. I mean, in fact, the last okay, uh, Purdue by finishing well probably skewed that. But in the second half at Baylor, Baylor shot, you know, which is number eleven ranked team in the country, they shot twenty four percent in the second half. Then they played Southern University and they shot twenty eight percent. And through twenty eight minutes of today's game. Purdue was shooting 20%. Right. So its defense has been influential on some of that. It wasn't all just, well, because Purdue guys forgot how to shoot. Well, no, they didn't forget <laughs> how to shoot. But but Butler has done a pretty good job of, of making things uncomfortable. Uh, you know, not giving you not giving you easy baskets, and they don't give you easy transition baskets right. either. They don't try to steal the ball, and you have to shoot over. Butler's half-court defense, and and I mean, from w- watching their first exhibition game in October to now, I mean Butler's defense continues to get to get good, and 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 there'll be some Big East teams that after the game they're thinking, man, we can't play offense at all. Right. But but it'll be because Butler had defended him well. Right. And uh, part of that, as you mentioned, they, they didn't let Purdue in transition. That's something that happened Tuesday at Ohio, where Purdue got out and ran, was able to get some easy baskets and some transition threes. Uh, and Butler did a good job of getting back and making sure. And the, the other key part was that uh, Butler won the rebounding. That's the first time this year Purdue's been out-rebounded by a team. So they kept they kept the transition points to a minimum because of what they did uh, in the rebounding uh, category. Has has Butler been a pretty strong rebounding team all year? They I looked. Uh, they were I think something like. 32nd nationally in uh, defensive round rebounding heading into this game, you know, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's you know, that that means that you're not giving up, you know, too many seconds. Beller has not gotten a ton of offensive rebounds, although they got some today. And and Bryce Enzi is especially good 
at, on, on offensive rebounding. But Butler has been a pretty good defensive rebounding team. That's why it was surprising early. Purdue was getting a lot of second chance. I think Purdue might have led to rebounding early, like about 9-3 to three or something. I think they did, and they had a lot of second chance opportunities because they were missing <laughs> a lot of shots. Yes, yes. But they didn't They didn't convert. They no, didn't, didn't convert. convert. They ended up, I think, with 17 second chance points, which isn't a bad number. But also, but also, I think it speaks to what was not happening in their in their half court offense. Uh, I think that that's I, I think that's a byproduct of what they didn't do in the half court offense, and that and that's execution and also hitting hitting shots. Well, I'm just uh, noticing Butler had a 44 point second half. I, I guess I should have realized that, but that, that's a lot for them because they're not now. Some of that was you know they made 11 free throws at the end and you know kind of probably padded their stats, but they, they haven't been that prolific of a team and, and tempo-wise are among the slower teams in the country. But they, as you saw, Mike, they love to run mm-hmm. if they can. Mm-hmm. They like to get out and transition and get down easy baskets, but they they try not to take stupid risks. And it's weird. I The good Butler team, like a turnover is almost like forbidden. It's like if you make a turnover, like everyone on the floor, everyone on the bench groans. So it, it's, it's a very... You know, high value thing. I think Butler went went into this game like you know six in the nation and fewest turnovers. And and uh, I know it probably sounds like a cliche, but teams kind of go in knowing that you know you, that you're going to beat Butler because unless barring the unforeseen, you know they're not going to botch it and, and beat themselves. Right. And you and when you don't turn the ball over, you can't. It's hard. It's very hard to beat yourself when yeah. you when you don't when you when you keep your turnovers at a at a minimum. And but, Purdue's a really good defensive team, and, and what what Butler shoot forty seven percent field. I mean that's that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. I mean against a, a stout defensive. I mean surprising thing too. Looking that Purdue had took fifty seven shots to Butler's forty five. Well, you have twelve more field goal attempts than the other team. You, you usually win. They were probably zero for twelve on those twelve attempts too. It, it, it was amazing. <laughs> I, I went back and looked because the the stat broadcast gives you in the middle of the game. This is unbelievable. In the middle of the game. Purdue was four of 28. That's almost impossible to shoot that poorly. Uh, yeah, it would it would appear to be, but again, they did it. They did it. Who was the uh, at the end of the uh, Butler press conference? Who was the guy that has to run because they gave up a three-pointer uh, to Bra- Tra- 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 Travion Williams? Yeah, Bryce Bryce Golden, I guess, gave up a three, so they get <laughs> to Travion Williams punished for that. But uh, that's the thing. Hey, you're relaxed and just firing it up there. Sometimes it goes in. Uh, you you or you or I probably could make one out of a hundred. Uh, I don't know if we're going to try that tonight. No, we're not trying that. But I, I do want to ask you, okay, now that uh, for the most part, I think I think Butler's got one non-conference game left. Purdue has one non-conference game left. But based on what you've seen from Butler, based on what you've seen, been able to watch at the Big East, where does Butler fit into this puzzle as, uh, as, as the conference really is going to get going in January? Well, I think now I, I, I still kind of think Villanova's the best team, has the most talent, has the best coach. So I still think Villanova is is and should be the favorite, but I, I think I think Butler will contend uh, for first, which is amazing. Last year they finished last. That that would be quite a last to first story. They tied for last with two other teams still at last. seven and eleven. You're still last. Yeah, bro. you're still last. <laughs> but that's how compressed the Big East is. Seven and does that look like a last place record? No. It seven eleven no. does not. No. And they had three teams at seven eleven. So, I mean, I don't know how it's all going to play out, but. If it's if they get as squirrely as the Big 12 was one year, maybe it's possible to slip, you know, eight Big East teams into the NCAA tournament. Now that's kind of improbable. Teams 
kind of start falling off. But this was a big day for the Big East. You know, Butler over Purdue, uh, Villanova over number one Kansas, Providence, which has stunk, over Texas by 22. Uh, St. John's is playing Arizona tonight. Now, surely St. John's won't win that game. But but I don't know what the Big East champion will be better than 13-5. and five. Uh, Now, maybe, maybe Villanova or Butler or Seton Hall or someone else will really – you know, seize control and, and take over. But I, boy, I think I think it's going to be really tough to be better than 13 and five. Well, in the that, Big East. That, that that's going to keep everybody in the race. And, and that, the, that's yeah. right, Mike. It does keep everybody in the race. And then, if the right, if the right, say Providence would need to do well in the Big East to make the tournament. So so if the right teams do well in the Big East, and the right, say say Butler, say Butler goes eight and ten in the Big East, but well, they'll still get in. Yeah, they probably will. Yeah, I don't think they're going to go eight and ten. In the, in, I, I don't the think they 10. will either. Uh, that, that that would be hard for me to see. The yeah, because they that's the thing. As as I think you suggest, Butler has just has shown really ability to win at the end, and even in the in the game they won, they showed ability to win at the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, they climbed a long way back at at Baylor, which is which is a good team. You, you talk about the Big East being squirrely, but right now in the Big Ten, there's one there's one team two and zero. Oh. So there's another team 0 and 2, and there's 12 teams 1 and 1. Yeah, that, that's going to be. I want now Michigan State it, it seems maybe still have maybe have the best talent. Can they go yeah. 14 and 4? Are, are, oh, are, I think are, they can. I, I, and they, they might be the team that pulls away. You know, Ohio State's pretty good. They were they had, they were leading Kentucky late. I don't know how that ended up, but uh, but the, you know I don't think their talent is great. They're pretty good. Um, who else is up there? You know, we thought Maryland was really good, right. and they, they lost. They lost two, to Seton Hall the other night. Two or three teams l- lately, and, and Seton Hall didn't have its two best players. Yeah, that's another big. This, I mean, a heck of a week for the Big East. Good you got three. Michigan. Michigan is Michigan is, is pretty right good, but but I don't. It's even even though I know it's preseason, it still seems like Michigan State is probably the best team. And then the uneven scheduling is going to make a difference too. Right. Even, like who who do you play? Even without Langford, because he's going to be out for the year for Michigan State. They probably, from a talent perspective, have they're the best guys. Everything it takes to win the Big Ten, but as we've seen, and not just in the Big Ten or the Big East, this college basketball in general seems to have hit a level of of what the NFL always wants. Total Every parody. <laughs> total parody, and, and, and everybody's and got a chance. mediocrity, because I, I looked at the players in the player of the year player of the year race, and it was like, ooh, man. <laughs> It's just nobody that you just go nuts over. Yeah. No. So I think I think college basketball in general is going to kind of be that way. There's there's going to be four teams at the end that play. Of course. But and, and some teams will like maybe Kansas, maybe Gonzaga seems really good. There will be there will be maybe six or seven teams toward the end that you think ooh you know they're they're playing well they're really hot they're really good but I mean is any team even as good this season as as Purdue was last year. Is there, no, a, is there a team in the college basketball as good as Purdue was last year? I'm it, thinking there's not. Well, I, first of all, I would say if Purdue had its team from last year, oh this year, gosh. it would be the favorite, the heavy favorite to win the Big Ten. Yes. And it Maybe would, win the national championship. It would be probably, it would be in the top five rankings-wise right now. But you also have to remember, last year at this time. Scuffling. Per- Purdue was six and five. Yeah, Purdue and was this, And this team is seven and five. They are two. They are two different teams. Yeah. And Trayvon Williams brought that up after the Way game. Different. 
Like they left this building, they were six and five, and it worked out. But I, I just don't think you can snap your finger and say, "Well, they were six and five last year, so everything will work out." It, it's 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 good experience to lean on, but it's not reality with the current team. It's just it's you just don't have not. Carson Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Well, you don't have Ryan Klein. You don't have Grady. I- exactly. You do have Grady Eifert, but he's a graduate assistant. Mm-hmm. So it's a different team that that doesn't have the same makeup. Again, I I think it's a good experience to lean on knowing that what you did last year, you turned it around, and you have to have that confidence if you're a player. But the reality of the situation is it just it's not it's not going to happen like that. It's going to have to if it happens, it has to happen in a different way. It just can't happen the way it happened last year because yeah, you don't have they, that they score. Had that, they had that they had that, you know, just you know, singular star in, in Carson Edwards, and that made a huge difference. And then he went, you know, pretty much berserk. I mean, I really, I mean, he had one. His NCAA tournament was like Stephen Curry's. Yeah, yeah. And 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 there's no one. Well, not only no one on Purdue, there's no one in the country who who is as good. If Carson Edwards were a senior this year, he'd be the national player of the year. He might be, and he he could he could have came back. He would be the national. And if player Matt of Painter, the year. if Matt Painter could do it all over again, he would have redshirted Ryan Klein. As a freshman, and then he would. This would be his fifth year. Yeah, that, that's hard to know. I know, like that. but that's why he's. That's why, and, and some of what's happening to Purdue right now, and it, you can't say that Mason Gillis or Brandon Newman w- would put Purdue at a ten and two record right now. But Painter has learned to to look long term with some of his players to say, okay, what am I going to get out of them this year? But what am I going to get out of them in five years? And I think with Gillis and Newman, that's kind of where he's looking at right now, where even next year or the year after that, but as they get deeper in their career, uh, they have they, they have a chance to be two special players where if you played them this year, they well, may not be as, as special. What minutes are the, it's the other thing, too, and you know uh, I got you to think about how's Purdue going to fare. I mean, like how many teams are going to come into Mackey this season and win? That's still going to be pretty hard. Well, if, if Michigan State comes in, maybe they could win. But everyone else, I think, is going to be really hard-pressed. And then, so, at that point, then Purdue just maybe needs to win, you know, steal a couple road games. And 20-team, 20-game right. schedule? Well, you go 10-10. Well, and 10. it would be pretty darn good. I mean, Purdue's already won one home game, so they have nine left in the conference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if, they, if they won every home game, that would put them at, you know, with 10 wins right there. So you would need... Uh, three or four more based on the non-conference schedule that they played, probably just to get in well, the Purdue's tournament. Well, Purdue's good enough that, I mean, coming in and winning at Mackey this year is is going to be maybe not as brutal as some years, but I, I just don't know. I mean, is Purdue going to be worse than 8-2 and two at home? Now, maybe maybe more than two teams can come into Mackey and win, but uh, that's very questionable. Yeah, it is, but... You can't go four for twenty-eight during the course of a game. No, and they regardless won't. of and where they, you and are. And they won't in their own building. You wouldn't think so, but they didn't shoot. They didn't shoot well against Northwestern at home. Yeah, that, uh, that was kind of clunky. Uh, so they they have, as I'm going to use your word, they have too many clunky moments yeah. right now. And if they if could <laughs> if if their if their shooting could just be at a consistent level of 40, 42, 43 percent, then I think they have the pieces defensively to, to win a lot of games in the Big Ten. But will it get straightened out? I I don't know. I'm not going to say it, it won't be because, you know, it did happen last year. But, if, again, if it's going to happen this year, it has to happen in a, in, a, in a much, much, much different way. 
they still seem to have, you know, pretty good Purdue grit, and yeah. and I think I think everyone acknowledges Painter is probably among the elite uh, coaches in the country, and and uh, so I mean it's not you know it's not certainly all despair for Purdue, but you know yeah they you know they don't have a you know they don't have an elite eight team that probably should have been in the Final Four. But we don't uh, know what an elite eight team looks like this year. Boy, do we. <laughs> There, we have no clue because there is not an elite team in the country. I don't know who's a Final Four team right now. Going to have to put four out there, though, aren't they? <laughs> oh, I know they are because they because uh, and, and next year too we we saw the unveiling of the Final Four logo for next year. I don't know why that's a big deal, but it, it, it was a nice little logo for the Final Four. It's going to be here. here in India. Oh, it's okay. going to be here, in right. Lucas Oil in 2021, which is fun. Oh, well, give me something to do in March. Hey, <laughs> maybe, maybe Butler and Purdue rematch in the Final Four. Uh, in uh, Atlanta, Mike, would not right. be extraordinary. Right. Not this, was, this was the first time for me covering this event. I had not covered this event before because I haven't been the basketball writer uh, over the last several years. I mean, I love this event. It, it, it's a great event. It really is. It's great seeing Conseca or <laughs> Baker's Life packed. That told you how long I've been around. But uh, it, it's great seeing it packed. Um, it, it's it, it's incredible, incredible. for downtown Indy, I think. I mean, I just think it's really, I just think it's fantastic. I, I really, I mean, it's one of the, I don't even know, there, there's not a comparable uh, college basketball doubleheader. And and, and, and summers, I mean, I know they start off with that Champions Classic and, you know, Michigan State and Duke and Kansas. And but they move that around play. the country. They right? move that around and it's not as passionate and and uh, the seats aren't filled up with IU fans and uh, who hold their breath every year because <laughs> it's always an interesting game. But I just, I just think this is just, just marvelous and, and uh, uh, it's a terrific event. Right. Well, David, we appreciate your time. We know you're a busy guy. You've been here all day, doing the business, doing the people's work, doing the the, the stuff for the fans, for the, all your Butler followers. But we appreciate you jumping on, give us an insight on the Butler, talking about Purdue a little bit, and uh, good luck as you as you get out traveling in the Big East. You know, to me, I, I've always. I've always enjoyed watching Big East basketball. I know it's not the same as it as it was 10 to 15 years ago, but I always enjoy watching Big East basketball. Then I always try to catch some of the Big East tournament, and I love watching any game on TV from from the Garden. You know, it's it, it's really been good. I, I feel like the you know they took Fox and Big East kind of gambled together, and Big East probably wouldn't be able to be assembled this way if not for the FS1 contract. But I feel like the Big East has over delivered. Oh, yeah. I think the Big East, after all that upheaval and stuff, has been better than the Fox Network ever could have imagined. And then you're going to bring in Connecticut next year, and which is, I think, a great a great move. And no one knows what's going to happen to UConn's football program. But why should Val Ackerman, Commissioner of the Big East, care about that? They do not care about what you, you can do anything you want to with your football program. So uh, yeah, it's 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 not going to get any easier. And and. Uh, I just have a feeling when that Fox contract is up, the ESPN networks will will try to swoop in there and at least get in the bidding. That is if ESPN hasn't paid too much money to get the SEC, which it seems like that's the direction it's going right now based on CBS pulling out of the negotiations yesterday. Ah, that's interesting. See, very, see that, 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 that's insider <laughs> stuff. No, I just read it on Twitter. Purdue listeners <laughs> that you just don't get anywhere else except from Mike Carmen. That is true insider stuff right there.
well, we could do a whole podcast on all that stuff, but we'll, we'll, we'll let it go from here. Anyway, appreciate your time, David. Good luck. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you. Uh, safe travels as you get into the Big East play. That's uh, never fun traveling in January and February, coming and going from the East Coast to the Midwest. But I'm sure, you, I'm sure you'll get it done. And we, again, we appreciate your time. I love it. Thanks for having me on.